You're about to listen to an episode of What the Hell Just Happened. Join Paul Edwards and his guests as they discuss interesting HR topics and solve some of our listeners' submitted questions. And occasionally I'll go off HR topic and talk about whatever I want to talk about. Think barbecue, space exploration, technology, money, managing, business, things that interest all of us. We get a lot of emails with questions. Stay tuned for details on how you can submit yours to the show. And now let's get started. So in today's podcast, I think this is, and I say this in the podcast, so maybe I'm going to be repeating myself in there, but I think this is one of the most important podcasts that we've done because it helps managers uh, kind of take a structured approach using these four quadrants that we've learned from a company called Shake Shack. I think you guys have all heard about that company. I love it when we can take ideas from larger companies and boil them down and take pieces and parts out of them and try to present it in a way that smaller businesses can use it to help themselves uh, accomplish the same goals or face the same challenges. And so today's podcast is a bit about that, where we focus on this method that the large corporation used. So one of the things Shake Shack did was they created a filter for coaching, training, and making a decision on whether or not an employee needs to go. They may need to go work someplace else and excel there. So I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Uh, Cece's on with me. Uh, She is HR from over at Cedar HR Solutions. And we're just going to talk about this. And then we're going to answer a really good listener question about transitioning and how a manager is supposed to help a team kind of understand and and for lack of a better way of putting it, deal with being purchased. And so uh, with no further ado, let's get into today's podcast. Who who did the, where did the quadrant come from? So I didn't verify the validity of this, just uh-huh. just to put that out there. But uh-huh. but supposedly this comes from the founder of Shake Shack. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Shake Shack. Small company. I remember when there was like maybe, I remember when there was one in Raleigh, North Carolina. I don't know if it's the original one or not. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a lot of years ago. And they're still around. Mm-hmm. And um you know, this principle of using this kind of uh, uh, decision filter is often a big company sort of tool or mm-hmm. idea or the way that they approach things or the things they teach their managers yep. so that their managers are all kind of being consistent in how they're doing things. And one of the, the – one of the I'm so passionate about this. I love taking the pieces of big ideas yeah. that got large companies where they are and figuring out what pieces and parts of that we can take and then use to help with HR or use with hiring or use with running businesses and stuff. I just, Absolutely. to me, this is like, this is the, this is some of the best stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I, I just thought we, I, if Shake Shack did it, then thank you, Shake Shack yeah. for putting that out there. <laughs> and um, I, many companies do some form of this. I mean, I think today's subject, this podcast may be one of the most important pieces of information we could give to anybody to begin the new year. Okay. I know. I know. You didn't know it was going to be this epic. <laughs> no, no. Look, th- this thing about um, – how uh, first of all, let me state, I, I love uh, uh, a decision filter. Yeah. Which is something we're about to talk about. Yeah. And I have learned them throughout my life. And, you know, usually – I mean, they exist all over the place. Mm-hmm. Experts use them. They teach them. It's, it's Sometimes it's a gim- – it's sometimes a little gimmicky. But, but for the most part, it's a great way to – I don't know, sometimes a great way to transfer knowledge or an idea or a methodology, put it, put it in the quadrants or, to, you know, mm-hmm. you know, put it in some kind of form where I have to run through the decision tree. I, I literally used a decision tree many years ago to create the version of the woman who I wanted to come into my life and marry. 
and and it worked. It did. All right. It did. And I had and I told her. And I mean, mm-hmm. we were together for 13, 14 years, so I would say mm-hmm. it was pretty darn successful. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. I think with this particular one, uh, it's a nice way to remove some of the the pressure and being in our feelings about things mm-hmm. because when it when we're dealing with tough stuff at work, um, sometimes it can be hard to kind of step a little bit out of it and yeah. think about it more objectively. And this isn't all about tough stuff. Right. I, I mean, one of the things I like about quadrants is it begins to, um, or, or a decision tree, mm-hmm. whatever that means. We'll mm-hmm. explain what I'm saying when I say quadrants here in a minute, what I mean. One of the things I like about decision trees, and particularly this one, so this one is about having you know, deciding, well, you tell them, tell them what the kind of the, what are the quadrants? Let's explain that. So the the first quadrant is uh, somebody who can do something and will do something, whether that's their whole job or a task or whatever the issue is that you're faced with. Okay. Somebody either can and will do it. Okay. They uh, can't, but they will. Okay. Uh, They can't and they won't. Uh Uh-huh. Or they... They can't. They can't. They can't, and they but, won't because they can't. Right. Right. Okay. Right. And then what's the last one? And then the last one is they can and they won't. So you have someone working for you, and um, and this conversation comes up. What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to train? Am I supposed to have a crack? Am I supposed to yell at them? Am I supposed <laughs> to tell them what they did wrong and tell them to stop doing that? Um, you know, where 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 does this person fall? you know, within these quadrants that you just described. So let's go through them. One, let's go through them one, one more time. Okay. The first one is, is the first one is, is a good one, right? Right. Can, they, can, they can and they will. They can and they will. That's your so high we're, performer. We are, that's our high performer in some area or many mm-hmm. areas. And mm-hmm. and by the way, everybody, this, this is um, for you as a manager. Um, I, even for you yourself, you must know that you're not good at everything. Right. So you can actually run this on yourself if you want to. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually a really good thing. If you can't and you won't, then it means you need to find somebody who can and they will. Oh, that's such a good perspective I hadn't and thought get of. Them, yeah. and, that, and you either look for them on your team or you develop that skill in someone yeah. or you hire for that. Mm-hmm. This is the uh, the quadrant that I call uh, um, uh, incompetent. Mm-hmm. That's it's the third quadrant and another filter, mm-hmm. which is starts with this gets me out of bed. I love to do it. It's what yep. I should be doing, and almost the only thing I should be doing. The next thing is is I'm good at these things, and I'm so good at them that I can't get myself out of doing them mm-hmm. because it's hard to find someone else that's even as good as I am at it. Mm-hmm. The third one is is I'm incompetent accounting. Mm-hmm. Uh, just that's my trigger word. And then the fourth <laughs> one is I can't and I won't. Yeah. I hate it. It's yeah. not, I'm not good at it. When I do it, I'm not effective. Mm-hmm. And we find ourselves in those quadrants. Okay. So yeah. back to these quadrants. Yeah. We kind of want to look at, uh, um, you know, this, this is about coaching. Like yep, right. what approach are you going to take? Mm-hmm. Um, you have a person, um, you have a person and they're not performing well at something. Maybe they're off uh, at your front. They're off the script mm-hmm. or they're not, they're not doing things in the right order or they're not asking the right questions or they're not all of a sudden they're not filling in something that they're supposed to fill in. So it's kind of, you know, it's messing with your backstage operations yeah. back yeah. there. Things aren't going well because the people backstage, your clinicians who are waiting for, uh, you know, patients are maybe not getting a piece of information that they're, that they're supposed to get. Uh, okay. So let's, let's delve into this. Okay. All right. Um, well, where you want to start? Let, let's skip past the first one because they can and they will. 
We well, love them. Well, hold on. We don't want to skip past them because I that is the tendency it. though, right? It's uh-huh. just to be like, that's my high performer. I don't need to do anything with okay. that person. All right. But you still want to make sure you keep that person engaged. Okay. So we won't go into a long thing because that's the person we want. But just make sure that you're not literally going, you're good. I don't need to pay any attention to it. you. Keep them enrolled in your mission. Keep uh, helping them grow if they have bigger aspirations and give them some positive affirmation that they're doing the right thing. Call, call out their good, call yeah. out their good stuff, recognize them and, and, and say, thank you. Yep. It, you know, that's, this is a form of celebrating. Yep. Um, I was once told yeah. by a CEO, you know, had like, I don't know, they had gotten a bunch of funding and the company was growing like crazy. <laughs> And I'd known him for like 10 years and I was like, so, you know, it seems like things have changed a lot here. And he said, yeah, I'm a, I'm a cheerleader. He's like, I, I put on my cheerleading outfit mm-hmm. with my pom-poms mm-hmm. and my job is to recognize the good stuff. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. So, so so in that there, vein, don't forget to cheerlead a yep. little bit. Yeah. So you want to spend your time with the can and the will. Uh-huh. And then the next one you want to spend your time with as a manager is the can't and will. Yes. So the can't and will uh-huh. is the person who doesn't have the skill set. Mm-hmm. They don't have the right knowledge, but they want to do it. Okay. They're enthusiastic about it, and they've got a good attitude. They got some self-efficacy going on. Mm-hmm. They think they can do it. So there's, yes. a, there's a little bit. So here's where I think things get skewed a little bit because mm-hmm. someone thinks they're being effective, but they mm-hmm. aren't. Yeah, yeah. That, I think that's is more common than they can't yeah. and they will. So the Canton will is probably going to be somebody who's either new entirely to your company mm-hmm. or they're new they're taking on some new responsibilities. So you're either bringing them in because they want the job, they want to be part of your team and so now you're going to train this person or they've proven themselves in some area and you want to expand their responsibilities and you need to train them. Okay, so let's go back to the can and will person. Mm-hmm. They're fantastic, mm-hmm. right? And they're good at almost everything they do. Mm-hmm. They fall in one of the other, they fall in this next quadrant where if they can't, but mm-hmm. they will, they learn how to do it. Yep. What, what, what do you do with that person? Off, what do we often do with that person? Well, I think... The we do something to thing. them to move them into that second quadrant. Yeah, well, we push them forward, but then we give them no tools, and we're like, figure it out. <laughs> or, we ra- or we raise them up. Yes. Or, or yeah. we put them in charge of other people. Yeah. You know, one of the things we're doing here is we're trying to figure out how to talk to people, coach them. Mm-hmm. What else do we get from this process? There's something super important here. I, I, I know I keep interrupting, but there's, you know, as I said in the opening, you're HR for Cedar. <laughs> You know how important this is. What is the yeah. other thing that happens when you enter into the quadrant and you start deciding what you're going to do or how you're going to approach somebody's need to improve? Well, if you're talking about notes, you, you want to be I documenting am. through all of these processes. Right. Yeah. Because you don't know what the outcome's going to be. Nope. We, we can use these things to help us make a decision on how to move forward. And then there's still that other piece that we don't get to control. And that's the other individual and how they decide to... Uh, receive whatever information we're giving them. But so that was the can, can't, but will. So those are the two areas where as a manager, you want to spend most of your time. The person who's already doing well, they need some encouragement and the person who needs some training, Mm -hmm. but has that good attitude. That's where you want, you want those people to grow. I think you want to assume in the second quadrant, let's go to the reason why they can't is because they just don't have the skills yet. Yet. Yep. We're just going to assume if we get them some training or exposure, whatever it is that they need, Mm -hmm. that they will be able to do it. Mm -hmm. What happens if that doesn't work? So then we're moving into the the 
can't and won't. I'm sorry, the can and won't uh-huh. person, right? Okay. So maybe they went through your training. Now they know how to do it, but their attitude changes for some reason. Got it. So they they become disengaged or unmotivated. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't feel challenged anymore, or maybe something happened with your business and that soured them, and they've just got a bad attitude. People now. change. Yeah. 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 Um, so your can and won't is the person you, you want to spend some time here, mm-hmm. uh, because they may just need some coaching mm-hmm. and, or there may be something going on that you can fix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they still can do it. So now the question is, can we change them from a won't back to a will? Mm-hmm. You're going to spend a little bit of time coaching document all the way through mm-hmm. and see whether we can change them back into being a willing participant. You know who, who the, okay. So. So if, we, if we're not able to get them to be a willing participant, this pe- person is raising their hand to be let go. Yes. No, seriously. Yes. Yeah. This, yes. Is, the, this is the most frustrating one. Mm-hmm. This is the one that I feel like there's no hesitation here. When I feel like someone can do something, but they won't do yeah, it. Absolutely. Or if I feel like someone can do it and the, the way they won't do it is often very, very crafty. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Is, is, here's the easy one. That's not my job. It's not on my job description. Yep. That's the can but won't. And, yep. and that person just just said to me, me personally, when they say that, mm-hmm. they said to me, okay, first take a breath and think about it. Mm-hmm. Have I overloaded this person and are they just kind of lashing back because maybe I'm asking too much yeah. from them? Maybe maybe I am I – am I have some cause in the matter there. Most often, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and what they've said is go home and think about when you're going to let me go. Yeah. I, I just I, – I get very upset by that. It's not in my job description. Mm-hmm. There's a, a more emotionally intelligent way to say that to me, which is this is too much. Yeah. It's it's outside of the scope of what I'm normally, wor- what I'm normally working on, which is this whole multitasking thing that we, we're going to talk a lot mm-hmm. about in 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, so can't and won't. You still got to take a step back. Yep. And it could also be um... – that they don't know how, but they're not articulating it. And so it's coming across as a won't, but it's really oh. that they can't or they don't know how. Yeah, the crafty way they do this is it's – I see this in managers. And they try to push something over that you're trying to get them to do or add. Mm-hmm. And they try to push it to someone else, either on their team or outside of their team, um, with no consideration to the competency of the other person. Yeah. If I asked you to do it, mm-hmm. then I, I – I, I, you know, if any of us as manager or owners ask someone to do it, hopefully we've spent a minute and said, I think this is the right person to do this thing. Yeah. Then they push it to someone else. And the next thing you know, um, their can't and won't is really causing a mess. Now what we're looking at is they push it off to someone else. And that means that they, that mm-hmm. manager, is not going to gain the insight mm-hmm. that they would get by being in the you know, in the weeds with yeah. me or with a team or with whatever, they're not going to get the benefit of being there and seeing what's working and what's not working mm-hmm. with this new thing that we're asking for mm-hmm. from them. So they're also shunning, I think, their own personal development, Yeah, which is another reason for me to not want you around. Yeah. So that, and that's exactly what you just said is um, shunning their own personal development. That's why you want to spend a little time coaching here mm-hmm. versus training Versus mentoring your high performer. Okay. Isn't, uh, okay. I feel like coaching and training are almost the same thing. What's the, what's the, I mean, what's the difference there for the listener out there? Let define that. 
So training is teaching a specific skill or task. So it's the more mechanical pieces of whatever it is that you're asking somebody to do. Mm-hmm. It's ideally shorter term if they're learning on pace. Um, and it's much more objective, right? There's there's a right way or a wrong way or a right outcome or a wrong outcome. Okay. Coaching is improving on a skill that somebody already has. Mm-hmm. It's longer term because it's growth and it's more subjective. So Mm -hmm. to give you an example, I can train somebody how to answer my phone, right? Mm -hmm. There's a right way or wrong way to answer the phone, Mm -hmm. not hang up on somebody, pull up their record in my system, book their appointment Mm -hmm. on the calendar or whatever. That's training. Coaching is if I want to take that skill and make it better. I want them oh, to I, like that. I want them to provide better customer service. I want it to I want their language to be more in line with my culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I want them to to do something in a way that serves the team better. That's coaching. Or gets a better outcome. Right. <laughs> I, I had an employee, wonderful employee worked for me for many years. Um, I think she'd had some financial issues somewhere along the way and she had bill collectors calling her and mm-hmm. you know that sort of thing. And then, um, you know, we we have monthly billing to our members, very, you know, over at Cedar, monthly billing, and people's cards would stop working, and people mm-hmm. would, you know, whatever. Um, there'd be a reason why their card wasn't working, or they didn't make their last monthly payment. And she was in charge of that department, and so she would make the calls. And I was sitting in there one day. I just happened to walk in because I wanted to talk to her, and she was bill collecting. Mm-hmm. She, was, <laughs> she was talking to them the way she had been taught. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, Oh, no. And so this is a really good example of the coaching because as soon as I said to her, hey, look, uh, let's talk about what just happened right Mm -hmm. there because I want you to realize they didn't know that their credit card failed. But you kind of spoke to them as if they were in trouble for not paying a bill on time, which is Mm -hmm. not the case here. We just don't. We don't send nasty letters. We don't threaten. It's just not a part of my DNA. And actually, we don't need to. There's just people find enough value in us that they want to pay and I just wanted to give that example. That was coaching because she didn't Mm -hmm. need a corrective action or anything else. But you know what I did is um, I'm gonna I'm gonna flash back to the beginning. I I went and opened up her file in our HR vault and I made a quick note in there, Mm -hmm. and and it was actually a positive note. Yeah, was talk to her, and then I uh, intentionally listened in on a couple calls. I I think I had someone else listen in, Mm -hmm. and she had completely corrected it. I mean, she went. I mean, it that was so easy for her to do. Yeah. yeah. And I think she really, she didn't know what she was doing. Mm-hmm. It was funny though. I was <laughs> like, oh my gosh. So that's a great example. It was minimal time. It wasn't the time that, you, any, that somebody took to train her how to run that report, pull up the member's yep. account, she do, had all, do all the things. Yep. Um, it was minimal time to, to kind of turn somebody around and you had a positive outcome there. Yep. Sometimes we don't have a positive outcome and then they're going to move into our last quadrant, which is the can't and won't. Mm-hmm. And, and those are the people that you want to move out. You want to spend real minimal time. Your time should be documenting, to, you know, bringing the issues to them, making sure that you're working through the process and, and moving them out of your organization. Yeah. So can and will, can't and will, can't and won't. Can and won't, and can then w- can't and won't. And then yeah. and the last one's mm-hmm. can't and won't. If yeah. anybody's following along, I don't know how. <laughs> Uh, spend your time with the wills. That's <laughs> spend your time with yeah. the wills and coach the co- do your best to coach. Mm-hmm. But think about where they're moving in the quadrant. Um, you know, if I had a dime for every time 
I, I'm going to hark on the, we always have a cross purpose here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hark on the documentation. Mm-hmm. If I had a dime for every time I got on a call with someone who needed to make a decision, they're kind of going through, you know, the decision making process to maybe mm-hmm. let someone go or maybe what they should be doing. If I had a dime for every time I asked this question, which is how long has this been going on? And they answer it's been going on for weeks or months or days or whatever it is. Um, it, it, how long has this been going on? And, and what have you documented on this? Yeah. If I had a dime for every time it it was like, well, we talked to her several times. We didn't really write anything <laughs> down. I could fill up the bed of my brand new Rivian <laughs> EV truck that I just got two months ago. See how I just slid that right into the... Did you know that my undergraduate degree was in energy technology? No, I did not. Yeah. And so I got in the reservations for the Rivian truck where we got our trucks cheaper and sat around and waited for three and a half years for it. <laughs> So, and, and yeah, we've done many a podcast where you were waiting for this truck. Yeah, so where I was waiting for letting tr- everybody know you yeah, have it now. I have the truck, everybody, and it's fantastic. <laughs> and I mean, electric is so awesome. All right. Uh, back to the, uh, back to the wrap up here, right? Yeah. Um, this is, it's, it's important that you document along the way. So as you're doing Absolutely. these things, you're getting good results and uh, uh, put in as objective documentation as you can. Because in the end, if you come to me and you say, I want to let this person go, but I have this problem they're in, yeah. or, or we tell you, wow, they're really in a protected class or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, the documentation that you've been doing along the way 100% supports your story. And your story is, as I've worked with this person, they don't want to do the work. They're not capable. They're refusing yep. to do it. And I need, I need to get them out of the way. Yep. Below your manager managing your people. Um, think about kind of creating this quadrant there. And, and uh, you can't get away from data. You can't get yeah. away from the truth. Yeah. Um, and, and once you kind of write down some notes, it can become pretty clear. Uh, you, you can make an objective case to, to let someone go because it's just not working out. And it, yeah. it, no one wants to do that. No one loves to let someone go. No, but you also don't want to hang on to people who are going to. No, because they should down. be doing something else. Yep. They should be doing the good things that they can do. They should be taking that talent and, and developing it somewhere else where they're inspired by the work that they're doing. If they're Absolutely. just not inspired by the work that they're doing with you, then they're not. Yeah. It doesn't make them a bad person. Right. Yeah. Okay. Before we close out uh, today's podcast, um, we always ask for listener questions and it, we're beginning to get a bunch from you. So this, uh, this, in this next section, we're going to answer one of our listener questions, which I, which I like a lot. So let, let's get to our listener question, our one listener. Okay. <laughs> so this was a question submitted by uh, Candace. Okay. And Candace's question is how to handle talking to employees when you're acquiring, partnering, or transitioning your practice? Okay, so someone's coming and purchased the practice. So there's two different ways this can happen. Look, a solo doctor comes in and buys a solo doctor's practice, Mm -hmm. and the solo doctor's first move is is just take over the employees and the patients and and just keep going, okay? Mm -hmm. That one is easier than a multiple practice, or maybe it's just one practice and they're adding another practice with two locations and, and, you know, all that is entailed with that, then you then you have a, a whole a, a different kind of a transitional conversation because you're trying to uh, meld two cultures together. Yeah, I think the thing I want to point out here, a little bit of a tangent, is <clears throat> this is where culture comes into play, and culture comes into play when it when it particularly when it comes to strategic planning, business planning, and HR planning. Yeah. 
for many of us as small business owners, and I did this for 15, 20 years, um, I did not have a defined culture. My employees created the culture. And that, that meant that at that time, 30, that, that a different set of people, mm-hmm. 30 different personalities created 30 different kinds of culture. And then something would pop out of that. Yeah. And it was kind of like not following a recipe. Mm-hmm. Right. And you were like, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm going to get. I put milk and <laughs> I put milk and I put some eggs in there and it's a popover. <laughs> and then the next time you do it, I put milk and eggs in there hoping to get popovers and it's like. Uh, it's a bland cupcake. What mm-hmm. happened? Well, how come this thing didn't work? <laughs> well, that goes to culture. So part of the, uh, the, the big challenge you have here is oftentimes if it's uh, – th- whatever culture is in place is what is going to be brought over, mm-hmm. right? Right. And you may have this, this larger organization who's melding in another practice. They may not even have their culture set. Mm-hmm. A- and, even if, and even if they do and their culture is great, if the other culture is not good, then you're, you're trying to fit a, a square peg into a round hole. And they could both be great, but they don't necessarily are not the same. That's right. And they won't be the same. And it it will be a challenge. So I think one of the first things, one of the first pieces of guidance that I would give to a manager out there is to discover and to ask questions about what that other culture looks like. Um, And to try to get a bigger picture and an understanding of what that culture looks like and what that other company's uh, uh, or that doctor's goals are. Mm-hmm. So it would behoove you to sit down with them and say, look, if we, as we transition here, mm-hmm. what, are you, what are you looking for? Where mm-hmm. are you going? Mm-hmm. And, and, and there can be different answers. Doctor looking at you like, I, what do you mean where are we going? I, I bought the practice. We have patients. We're going to try and get better yeah. at what we do. <laughs> and if that's it, then, then that's mm-hmm. the conversation that you should be having with the employees. Yep. If, on the other hand, the culture is this is what we do. We're very uh, – uh, we, we do scripts. We, are, we do a lot of training. Uh, expect to have at least two lunch and learns per uh, uh, month. Mm-hmm where we're going to work through lunch and everybody's going to get paid, by the way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we're constantly learning. We're constantly getting better and we're in a constant growth mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, acquiring doctor could say, look, I, I, per- I didn't just uh, buy the practice. I bought the building too. And I, and I bought the whole building and we're getting ready to grow this business and add more employees. Mm-hmm. These are the kinds of conversations that you as a manager want to uh, be a part of or have some knowledge in mm-hmm. so that you can prepare your team who you know best. You and you probably, as soon as I'm saying these things, you're you're probably thinking, well, Mary Beth ain't gonna make it because Mary <laughs> Beth doesn't like change. She doesn't yeah. like to train. She hates scripts, and 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 you can go ahead and prepare yourself and possibly Mary Beth for that. More communication is better than no communication. Absolutely. And the, and really, what else do you have to talk about other than um, what the expectations are? So one of the best questions you could ask as a manager of a new doctor or a new organization is what are your goals and what do you want to see from us in the next 30, 60, and 90 days? Mm-hmm. And how can I support that? And what kind of support will you be providing to us? Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. And then take that information and distill it out to your team and put them, you know, it's a little mini mission, mm-hmm. short-term goals and say, this is what we're up to. And, and, and if we can get through these 90 days, this is what's going to happen. I think the other thing that you want to do, um, I'll leave you with this in the, in the answer, is everybody wants to know 
am I going to still be paid when I'm paid? Am I still going to get yeah. the hours that I've been getting? If I've been, if I've been working part-time and I've been able to get off early to pick my kids up and we came to that agreement, do I get to keep that agreement? Mm-hmm. Um, or am I losing my benefits? Am I gaining yep. benefits? Yep. A, a, you know, do I, what's going to happen to my PTO? You remember last year when we didn't have enough people and I didn't take a single day off mm-hmm. and I, and it happened the year before that. Um, I now have Seven hundred and forty-four vacation days. Say, I'm being facetious, yeah, yeah. but you need to be ready to address those things right out of the gate. And if you don't have an answer, you still want to address them and Absolutely. say we're still making some determinations yeah. around that stuff. Yeah. I mean, even things like is my our payday is going to change? Yeah, good, I, I good mean, point. Yeah, is, there's all of those things that uh, employees. It, it just becomes part of their day to day. This is just the way things are. All of those things need to be kind of thought about. Candace, we're putting together a checklist for you. No, I'm serious. <laughs> yeah. Now that we're doing this, it's ridiculous because yeah. we know yeah. what this looks like. Yeah. And we have this checklist because we uh, help. We've helped. Um, oh, man. Over the last 17 years, I probably helped 500 practices mm-hmm. during a transition when they've been either being purchased and grown or, or being just outright purchased. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we work a lot with new de- with new dentists. So um, I hope that was helpful. Um, Candace, good luck. Cece, thanks for bringing the quadrants to us. Yeah, thanks for having the conversation. Yep. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of What the Hell Just Happened. If you have an HR issue, question, or just want to add a comment about something Paul said, record it on your phone and send to podcast at wthjusthappened.com. We might even ask if we can play it on the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe and join us again next week. <laughs>